Can I interest you in a petition? That is what's going on in the Conservative Party right now. Petition circulating whether or not there should be a review of the leadership of Aaron O'Toole. Should Aaron O'Toole remain as leader of the Conservative Party of Canada? Does he deserve another kick at the can? He didn't do any better than Andrew Scheer. So if Andrew Scheer was showing the door, why is Aaron O'Toole staying? Are the situations the same? To talk more about this, I'm so pleased to welcome back to the program Dr. Stephanie Schwinnard, Associate Professor of Political Science at Royal Military College of Canada. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. So let's start with the hard question is, that, that, does your, do your spidey sense say that Aaron O'Toole has the support within the party to survive this? Well, it's clear that the party is divided, and we've known this since essentially September 21st, right? There were already grumblings uh, back then. It's been two months, and now we're seeing that the opposition within uh, his party has started to organize. Uh, We've seen this last week with the creation of this civil freedoms uh, uh, type of fringe with uh, Marilyn Gladue and uh, Leslyn Lewis at the helm. Uh, now we're seeing this petition come out of uh, of uh, a Senate member, Denise Batters from, from Saskatchewan. Uh, but we're also seeing that uh, the, the the rest of the group is is trying to protect the leader at this point. And, and some heavy hitters have come out in support of Mr. O'Toole since yesterday. I'm thinking of Michelle Rempel-Garner and Candace Bergen. Uh, almost all of his Quebec caucus uh, came in support. Uh, so so it's, uh, it's, it's clear that uh, not all is well in caucus, but it's definitely not a, uh, a done deal for him to, uh, to leave the party at this point. Can, you, can we divide this on ideological lines? Is this a further to the right versus the center portion of the party? I think uh, I think the 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 fringest part of uh, his party got a bit of whiplash during the last uh, electoral campaign. Uh, he tried to bring uh, the conservative party closer to the center. Uh, you know, uh, making jokes that uh, this is not your your father's conservative party. We could have said this is your grandfather's conservative party. You know, sort of going back to the progressive conservative roots of <laughs> part of this party. Uh, and you know, it's it's no coincidence that Brian Mulroney came out of the woodwork to support Aaron O'Toole. Uh, but uh, it's it's not just ideological because you know you're 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 seeing uh, people like Candace Bergen. You know, she's she's considered to be a former reformist. Uh, Michelle Rempel Garner, someone who's who's not considered to be quite a centrist uh, in. In the caucus, and they're still supporting uh, Mr. O'Toole. So it's it's not just ideological. I think it's uh, mostly a question of uh, of um, you know a certain number of members of the caucus not having been happy with some of the mistakes he made during the last campaign, uh, questioning his leadership uh, on that, notably on the on the question of guns, probably, which is not only ideological. That's that's also an urban suburban uh, rural cleavage that we're seeing in Canada. Uh, but 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 there there's more in there. You know, there's also the, the question of his support for official bilingualism, which is very strong, a lot stronger than what we'd seen with Andrew Scheer, for example. So so there's a lot in there. You, you mentioned the the gun situation and, and many pundits uh, said that, you know, following the election loss for the conservatives, that if the party does not grapple effectively with gun control, that we will just see the liberals pull out this playbook midway through a campaign time and time again, and the ads have come out and say the conservatives will allow assault-style rifles on the streets of major cities. Um, How does the party deal with that? 
Um, it's going to have a much clearer line than uh, than what it did in the last uh, in the last election. You know, when when you have uh, Aaron O'Toole during one of the first debates being caught in the middle of it with the prime minister uh, citing a part of uh, the conservative platform, giving the page number saying this is what your platform says. It does not square with your rhetoric right now. How are you going to explain this to Canadians? Uh, that was bound to become explosive. And, and, and I think you're correct that, uh, you know, this and abortion are the two issues on which the liberals are, are waiting on the Conservative Party at every turn during the election. Uh, Mr. O'Toole was a lot better at handling abortion than Andrew Scheer was, but the gun issue still stuck this year. So they just need to have one clear message uh, and, and a message that makes sense, not just to rural Canadians, but to urban Canadians as well. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and I realize that that's difficult because there are, you know, uh, a lot of uh, divergent views uh, in, in Canada on this issue, but, but they just need to make it clear what their, what their vision is. Much of the um, thought in elite, the lead up to the last vote is that the People's Party was both a benefit and a negative to uh, Aaron O'Toole. It was a benefit because it, it took a certain element of the party off the table. He could say effectively, that's not my party, that's not us, we're, that's not us. But at the same time, there was uh, a leakage of votes over to the People's Party. D- does your sense that the People's Party, without the pandemic, you know, hopefully that we don't have that next time around, that without the pandemic, that that's not a situation that the Conservatives will deal with? Yeah, this year it felt a little bit like uh, the uh, the People's Party was uh, like the dog that caught the bus, right? And the bus being COVID, uh, we'd seen Maxime Bernier attempt to uh, to um, attract a part of the conservative electorate on, uh, you know, immigration and uh, and and the issue of securing borders and a little bit of a xenophobic undertone there, of course. And in 2019, that did not work at all. Once the um, frustrations around uh, the, the, the COVID uh, vaccines and, and uh, masking in public and, and so on, once that's off the table, uh, I have a feeling that uh, a lot of uh, that electorate will, will head back towards the Conservative Party. We also need to realize that it's not every People's Party vote uh, that was a former uh, conservative party vote, right? We're seeing that about a quarter of the people who voted for the People's Party used to vote green which is kind of weird uh, because ideologically they're not really aligned, but this is what we call the protest vote, right? People who uh, dislike the liberals, dislike the conservatives because they see it as one and the same, but they want to vote nevertheless. And so they're going to vote for uh, an other party. And so uh, with the um, implosion of the Green Party of Canada over the last summer and culminating with Annemie Paul leaving both the party and the leadership, uh, a lot of those uh, former green voters just defected to the People's Party. Again, I don't think that's something we're we're going to see in the next election, provided that the Greens get their house in order. Stephanie, always great to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining me again today. Thanks for having me. That is Dr. Stephanie Schwinnard, who is an associate professor of political science at RMC.